Hey there, party people. Did you know that Encounter Party is now an official Dungeons & Dragons television show? You can find our second campaign on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel, available now on Plex and Freebie. We have new episodes every Tuesday night at 9pm, and the show is available on demand next day on Plex. For links and to learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com. Now, please enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, this episode features very strong language and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Last time on Encounter Party, Malthus Reed has begun the endgame, hoping to use the power of the Celesnia Guildhall to summon Merit Lage. Airdropped deep in the conflict are five citizens of Ravnica, desperately fighting to prevent the catastrophe. But as the Horde overruns Precinct 3, can they truly hope to save everyone? Find out this week on Encounter Party! The party forces their way over to the North Ridge Forest, a residential area of the Selesnia Conclave that looks like it's about to be overrun by the Horde. There are screaming people everywhere as panic begins to infest the region. Entering the area, do we see Hordes? Perception check. I don't. Me neither. Me not mine. 15. 18. 13. You see lots of screaming people running into their homes that also are trees. Sure. Mm-hmm. So Lauren will then use Divine Sense. He can sense any undead creature within 60 feet that is not behind total cover. Surprisingly, no undead creatures within 60 feet. Where is the world tree? Uh, In relation to this, it is several kilometers to your northeast. Okay. So Lauren pipes up. Where did you expect us to send these people? They're going to want to stay in their homes. We were not given any place for them to evacuate to. They stay in their homes. They're at least out of the way. If the horde is coming, then it's a matter of time until they're taken out and added to the horde. We have to try. It's a matter of moments. Perix will will push forward past Saloran into the residential area, keeping an eye out for whatever sent them screaming if there's no one dead within 60 feet of Saloran. Yeah, Xenia just starts walking forward, looking around her for any undead. So Lauren takes his morning star, smashes it into the door of the nearest home, and says, If you stay here, the Gogori swarm will consume you. You must leave and find a place of safety. Perry spikes up. The zombie swarm. They're not entirely Golgari, really. For the sake of expediency. I was trying to roll intimidation, but that's a big fat 12. Mm-mm. They don't seem to be open to intimidation. I bang on my drum. Everyone, listen up, listen up, listen up. We need you to calmly evacuate. Head back behind us, or you'll be overcome by the swarm. Just calmly move out of the area. That's a nat 20. Yes. Well, that just sort of expedites everything, and I'm not even going to bother with a particular mechanic. People start pouring out of their homes. GTFO! Uh, all right, we'll skip ahead. Roll initiative. 
Come on, man. Jesus. <laughs> 18? 13. 22. 14. 9. As people flee in terror, you hear a shambling, then a shuffling, then a skittering, and you realize that perhaps this invading force is not just merely zombies, but numerous other teratogens that Svogthir may have at his disposal as some terrifying, creepy, crawly spider bug monsters come around the trees. Why has it got to be spiders? It has to be spiders, because you hate spiders. That's correct. Thanks, Brian. Top of the order, Perix. Uh, Perix, seeing the creepy Carly spider things coming around the corner, uh, immediately moves one step closer to them, and uh, boiling water emanates out of his body, and he throws this massive 15-foot cone of, of scalding hot water, casting burning hands uh, at the spider things. Would they please make a dexterity saving throw? They seem to be incredibly agile. 25 sure. and 19. Sure. Good to note. They will each take four fire damage. Okay. And then Perix will use the remainder of his move to back behind Saloran. Because at the end of the day, he's squishy. <laughs> uh, and that is Perix's full turn. Uh, and he does not like this one bit. Saloran. Saloran uses the full length of his movement to sidestep one of the spiders, being mindful of Herrick's area of effect for his spells, and lays into this spider with his morning star. Thank you. Does a 12 hit? No. So 11 won't hit either. Nope. So both miss, and then he'll end his turn. Good try. Perix, as you back up, you happen to catch something in your peripheral as more spiders come from your left. Sure. I guess that, uh, scans. Pack tactics, baby. You will get attacked. A 19 and a 14. Uh, Perix will swing around, uh, throwing up a wall of water in front of him and deflecting the 19, meaning both miss. Both miss. Fikara. Fikara will run forward and attack the spider over here. I get into its side. Hopefully being out of the way of any spellcasting things. And I will hit it. Attempt to hit it with my maces. Uh, a 12 and a 16. 16, yes. Okay. That will be 8 bludgeoning damage. Got it. Yeah. I'll take my bonus action to hit it, try to hit again. That'll be a 21. Yes. And that will be, yes, that will be a 14 bludgeoning. Love a max damage. Lorzatch. Lorzatch closes distance with the nearest spider and reaches out a pestilent talon to sear through it with acid damage. And a 16 to hit. 16 hits. Woo! And the spider will take 14 acid damage. Woo-wee! Xenia. Xenia opens her mouth and a painfully intense ringing noise issues forth from her vocal cords as she casts Shatter at a point that encompasses those spiders in her view, but spares Vakara. Can you please make a constitution saving throw for both? A 15, and the one Vakara is wailing on rolls an 8. Great, they both fail. And they each take 19 points of thunder damage. Oh! The one that Fikara had already begun to smash literally shatters in front of her. 
Solorin. Solorin's gonna focus down this spider closest to him. A 10. No. And a 23. Yes. Max damage, so that is 14 points of piercing damage. Roger, Dodger. That'll be my turn. Okay, the spiders. One will attack Silorin. It will miss. Two will attack Perix. Natural 20. And an 18. With the 20, what's the total? Doesn't matter. Uh, Perix will throw up another wall of water to block one of the attacks as he continues to get battered at by these spiders. You will take five piercing damage and three poison damage. Thank you. The one over near Xenia will rush her as another one approaches from behind, sandwiching her between two spiders. They will strike. Ooh, the first one is a 12. Nope. The one behind you... (laughs) Oh no, rolled an 8. Oh, too bad, Spideys. Well, shit. Uh, shit. Fakara. Fakara will run up and be like, I got you, Xenia! And run up to the spider that's in front of her and hit it with her maces. With a a 12 and a 12. Nope. And I'll take my bonus action and try to hit it again. With a 15? Yes. All right, 15. Yay. And that'll be 12 bludgeoning damage. 12 bludgeoning damage. Uh, Lorzatch. Lorzatch attempts to capitalize on the opening it made in the carapace of the spider in front of him and drills back down again with this searing acidic talon for a 20 to hit. Yes. And the spider will take another 12 acid damage. It takes 12 acid damage. Xenia. Xenia turns to the spider behind her, opens her mouth, and screams directly into its arachnid face and casts Shatter, which will also affect the spider behind her. Will they both make constitution saving throws? A six and a natural one. Oh, all right. They each take 14 points of thunder damage. The one in front of you completely shatters again, but the one behind you seems to be standing tall. And Xenia wipes spidey goo off of her goggles and turns to face the one facing Fakar. Perix. Perix, very frustrated that these spells are not working, lets his mind go blank and wonders if these spider creatures even know the concept of death and casts Toll the Dead on the one to his left. Would it please make a wisdom saving throw? A seven. That spider will take 11 points of necrotic damage as these bells toll that only Perix and maybe the spider can hear. It seems more confused about the concept more than anything and decides to give it a try as it dies. To hey! Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'll try anything once. Solorin. Solorin, with a chip on his shoulder the size of Park Place, takes a swing at this spider. That is a 22 to hit. Yes. 12 piercing damage. Swings again. 23 to hit. Yes. 9 piercing damage. And that's my turn. Hell yeah. It seems to try and skitter around you as you flail in with your mace, catching it and taking two of its legs. But the spider retaliates. But it will miss with a 15. 
the one behind Xenia will attack her with a natural 20. That'll hit. You will take five piercing damage and two poison damage. Perix, you will also be attacked once more. Will it please make a constitution saving throw? A 10. It takes three necrotic damage. Oldie but a goodie. Still up. I will now burn that very low roll that was going to be the attack roll on that, and I will attack Perix for an 18. It will hit. Perix will let it through. You will take two piercing damage. Yeah. And three poison damage. Thank you. Vakara. Seeing Xenia in a little bit of danger, Vakara will sidestep Xenia, get to that spider, and bonk the spider with her maces. Uh, for a 24 and a 25. Both hit. All right. Good bonks. Bonk, bonk. So that'll be seven and nine, so 16 bludgeoning. With a very loud leap, you lunge past your friend and smash the spider behind her, saving her from imminent doom. Lorzach. Seeing the field start to clear... Lorzatch decides to finish the job with his primal savagery. But he doesn't. He, uh, he, <laughs> he, like, he like slips and farts, and it's very embarrassing. Xenia. <laughs> um, hearing the fart and the fall, turns around and tries to set that spider on fire for her friend, Lorzatch. Will a 12 hit? No. Xenia also farts and falls. Out of solidarity. <laughs> Top of the order, Perix. Perix rolls around the side of this spider but does not attack it, instead launching a firebolt at the one in front of Solorin. You cocky SOB. For a 16 to hit. Yes. That spider will take eight points of fire damage. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was exact. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Solorin, seemingly unable to finish the job himself for anything today, is saved by his friend from the backfield as the spider in front of you puffs into a smoky cloud of ash. Solorin just goes, <laughs> and stalks over to the last spider and just tries to kill something today. It's like the end of the world happening and Solorin's just having a personal effective crisis. 17 to hit? Yeah. 11 piercing damage. Yay, you did it. <laughs> Solorin takes a moment and it's like Don Cheadle in Avengers Age of Ultron when he finally tells a story and he gets an audience reaction and he just fist bumps and then he realizes it was just a spider and he calms down. <laughs> you are now out of combat as you continue to usher many of the civilians within the Northridge Forest to safety. Would you like any attempt to get an update on your situation? Yes. Is anyone here a soldier? Does it look like we have any reinforcements coming to help guide them? or And therefore, could we ask them what's been happening in other parts of the Enclave? Conclave. Perception. 14. Um, yes, it appears that uh, a small collective of Selesnian soldiers have seen... Uh, the fighting and seeing the the mass exodus of the people in this region and have come over to investigate. And Perix will run up and say, can you give us a report for the rest of the conclave? Things are looking really, really bad. 
Areas are getting run over. It looks like our most recent fronts, they've made their way into the Beast Haven, and perhaps more alarmingly, they seem to be focusing their attention on Ivory Oaks. Can you give me any idea of what that is? I mean, the Beast Haven makes sense. What's Ivory Oaks? Ivory Oaks is where the Order of Loxodon Warrior Priests are. It's where all of the albino Loxodon train for their um, service to Matsalesnia. Perix feels we should go to Ivory Oaks. Salorn agrees. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Loxodon priest fighters feel like they might be useful later. I mean, beasts do too, but I would love some Loxodon priest fighters. Especially if they're trained as guides to Vitagazi. To Ivory Oaks. Okay. So, as you rush over to Ivory Oaks, this gorgeous ivory-white temple and training ground for the warrior priests of the Selesnia... One of the difficult things about Precinct 3 is that there are trees and foliage everywhere, obscuring a lot of long-range vision. And as you turn down an alcove, you can see what appears to be two very large, zombified giants trying to smash their way into the Bard Temple. Roll initiative. <sighs> All right, friend. You gotta do better this time or you get retired for a second. Vindication? 21. 16. 7. 7 as well. 12. Yeah. Twinsies. 20. Top of the order, Lorzach, go! Oh, man. Lorzach casts his gaze skyward and pulls down a shaft of searing light onto the gargantuan undead giant to his left. Will it please make a constitution saving throw? A 13. Punted. And the undead giant will take 16 radiant damage. Oof! Perix. Perix is not ready to pull out all the big guns yet, so he will conjure up just a small little bubble of boiling hot water and launch a firebolt at that same left giant. For a 19 to hit. Yes. And that giant will take 10 points of fire damage. Perix then moves around behind Lorzach to be in the center but far away. And that is Perix's turn as he surveys the field in front of him. The giant you have been attacking rushes forward to smash into Solorin. That's why I backed up. Strike number one will be a 17. Strike number two will be a 13. Two misses. Solorin, you're up. Following the lead established by Lorzach and Perix, he will lay into this giant. 11. Sorry, 13. Miss. Second attack. 27. Hit! 7 piercing damage. Okay. And that will be his turn. Xenia. Xenia looks directly ahead of her at the giant and casts a flame at it. Will you please make a dexterity saving throw? How about a natural 20? Oh, well, also you didn't have to make one. That was my fault. I have to roll. (laughs) (laughs) So good! Uh. <laughs> this is a 21 hit. Yeah. Xenia sends a firebolt directly into the giant's face for 11 points of fire damage. Yes, we're all ganging up on one giant. Yeah. All righty. Giant number two rushes for... No, giant number two rushes Xenia because fuck that. <laughs> you love to see a burn... 20 on the DM. Swing number one is an 18 to hit. Swing number two 
is a 12. Swing number one hits. You will take 10 bludgeoning damage as this giant raises a big undead fist and clotheslines you. Fakara. Fakara will go after the spear giant that just hit Xenia and kind of skirt around it to be behind. So, and then I will hit it with my maces. I will not hit it with my maces, but I'll take my bonus action to hit it with my mace again. And uh, 19. Yes. Yay. So it will take nine bludgeoning damage. Top of the order, Lorzach. Lorzach, as an action, shifts the moonbeam to settle back down upon this giant. Will it please make a constitution saving throw? Fifteen. It's going to be one of those days. And the giant will take 32 radiant damage. Whoa! Nice. Whoa! It is beyond bloodied. Lorzach will back away, keeping his distance from this gargantuan creature and letting Saloran do the heavy lifting. Whoa, Perix. Perix will move to his right to get behind Xenia, but still focused on this giant in the moonbeam, and will concentrate death into its head while asking it to make a wisdom saving throw. A seven. And tolling the dead on this giant, Perix deals... 11 necrotic damage. So giant number one? Yes. Giant number one feels a rattling inside of its head as it looks skyward with its jaw agape and crumbles to the ground. Siloran. Siloran yells, Remember the trolls! And runs beside Xenia to provide support. Nat 20. Ooh! 16 piercing damage. Okay. Second attack. 26. Yep. 13 piercing damage. Okay. That's his turn. Roger. Xenia, you are up. Xenia, learning so much from her frontline friends, takes out her dagger and does her best to make a melee attack, casting Green Flame Blade on said dagger. Here we go. Will a 13 hit? No. Damn. And she... Kind of deflates a little bit. Good try. Thanks. I like that she that Fakara like builds up Xenia but tears down Sloran. <laughs> <laughs> Giant number two strikes back in retaliation. The first strike banks off the wall of the tray and rolls a four. Cause the dagger scared it. The second one is a 24. Well, yeah, alright. You will take seven bludgeoning damage. Okay. Fakara. You know, Giant, you're focusing on the wrong one. And I'll hit it with my maces. That will be an 18 and an 18. Both hit. Hooray. And that will be a 10 and an 8. So 18. It's all Bludgeoning damage. Out 18. And I will take my bonus action as the last hit for a 25. Yeah. And bludgeoning damage of nine. Top of the order, Lorzach. Lorzach will dismiss the moonbeam as an action will approach the prone body of the giant and will, as a precautionary measure, sear into its cranium with an acidic talon. Rough. 14 to hit. It can't avoid being struck. Great. You poke it with searing acid damage. Next, Perix. 
Barracks has been thinking about death a lot recently. And, uh, you know, he managed to make a spider think about death, and then he made a giant think about death, and he thinks, other giant, what do you think about death? What about a wisdom saving throw, please? 18. That is the DC. So <laughs> Barracks is like, giant, what do you think about death? And that giant's like, I don't. <laughs> and Barracks thinks, okay, and moves three squares to his left, because uh, he likes to keep some distance. And that will be Perix's turn. Giant number one, having had its brain seared with acid damage, is dead for the third time in its life. Saloran, you're up. Saloran will strike the giant closest to him. 30 20. Yes. Eight piercing damage. Yes. Wails again with a second strike. 13 to hit. Miss. And that'll be my turn. Okay, Xenia, you're up. Xenia is embarrassed. She learned a spell that really didn't serve her too well, so she decides to go back to an oldie but a goodie and throws a firebolt directly at this whore. Will an 18 hit? Yes, exactly. For 14 points worth of fire damage. How does it happen? Xenia, so close to this giant, grabs it by the gut, and flames shoot through her fingers into its insides, and flames start shooting out of its eyes, shooting out of its nose, shooting out of its ears, and it self-immolates. And it's and it's dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are no longer in combat. Thanks. Okay, great. Ugh. Looking around the ivory oaks, can Perix see any one uh, uh, Loxodons? He's he's looking for other wizards at this point. There are a couple of dead Loxodon, unfortunately, around you, but there seems to be a sealed temple door in the front. Lorzach will approach the sealed door. Perix will stand next to him, thinking they might not be stoked about a Golgari, but maybe they'll trust the two. Xenia follows. You approach the sealed temple doors. Kablang, blang, blang, knock on the door. The giants are dead. Now is the time to evacuate. Let's get a uh, persuasion roll, please. Ooh. I'll assist. I feel good about this. How's a 19? Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, after much groaning, you hear the stone doors of the temple creep open, and you see a rather old and tired albino loxodon peek his head out. Are they gone? The giants are, at least. Thank you very much for your assistance. What is the situation out there? Many locations are being overrun. We're doing our best to turn the tide. The Boros are approaching from the second precinct with an army to smash it against our hammer. How far have they made it in? We fought them off at the North Ridge Forest. We're told they may have taken the training grounds, and we know that there was a pack descending upon the Beast Haven. I will assemble the remaining of the monks I can find, but if they've made it in that far, we may be lost. There are two places they must not take. There is the Saprling Nursery and Sumala, the Meditation Garden. We cannot lose those. Lorzach will vote for the Saprling Garden. He's familiar with these things, and he knows how valuable they are. Both seem to be valuable. One is the Saprling Nursery. The other seems to be the Meditation Garden where people pray to Mont Selesnia. It's possible prayer to Mont Selesnia could reinforce its power against Merit Lage, but I do 
Perix is inclined to agree with Pe- with Lor's Edge. Can't let the babies die. It's a nursery. Saloran defers to Lorzach's judgment. He doesn't know these grounds the way that Lorzach does. The same with Senia. She knows that there are smarter minds with this, and she follows the lead. I will need, uh, let's get a repeat of both Xenia and Perix making a general attack roll with your spell modifiers to see if you guys can run interference on the way to where you're going. 28. 13. Mm. Everyone in the party will take three slashing damage as you force your way over to the nursery. So far, the zombie horde has not made it inside. You see numerous dryads trying to care and fortify the nursery. However, for the moment, it seems safe, and they are compassionate to your plight. With some investigation, you may find some useful items. Xenia investigates. Salorn as well. I will as well. Oh my god, a nat 20. Yes. 25. Oh my god, there are trees. Great. Lorzach rolls an 11. 20. You find some herb poultices that are the equivalent of one potion of healing and one greater potion of healing, thanks to Saloran's natural 20. Someone else can take those. I still have a greater potion from earlier. Yeah, I still have a greater potion as well. I'd love one of them then, if we're not concerned, and I'll take either one the group thinks is smartest. I have a regular potion of healing. Take the greater potion. You'll get the other one. Settled. Great. And now, a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know, folks, blank walls can be pretty boring. So why not spruce up your home or office by heading over to ukiyopop.com. They have a collection of traditional Japanese prints inspired by today's comics, games, and movies. The gallery is viewable online for free, and prints are available for purchase. So head over to ukiyopop.com. That's U-K-I-Y-O-P-O-P.com. Tradition in a modern method. And now, back to the party. As you finish your immediate pit stop at the Saperling Nursery, you happen to cast a cursory glance up to the towering tree of Vitugazi, home of Mat Selesnia, the Perun and essence of Selesnia in its entirety. It is a mere half a kilometer from your position when you see a bright flash and a crippling thunderclap. They've arrived. Off we go. Herrick says nothing but presses on harder. As you go charging off to Vitugazi, the DM informs you on the rewards you have gathered based on the path you have chosen. Because you have decided to evacuate the North Ridge Forest, in the upcoming encounter you will battle less zombie hordes than you would have otherwise. By saving the warrior monks of Ivory Oaks, all of your HP has been restored thanks to the Loxodon magic. And by deciding to preserve the Sapperling Nursery, you have acquired a couple of healing items as you charge into battle. Daringly, as you have fought to preserve as much of Precinct 3 as you can, you see a violent flash up near the base of Vitugazi, the World Tree, home 
of the sleeping spirit Mott Selesnia, the very essence of the Selesnia Conclave, the final guild that we have to encounter in this campaign. As you rush forward under its all-encompassing foliage, you approach the base and look up to see on top of a gnarled root structure what appears to be an ancient, decrepit, rotting human casting some sort of spell into the vibrant flesh of Vitugazi. He is also surrounded by a small collective of zombies. I click my heels. Lorzach, as you stare up upon this ancient ancestor of your people, frighteningly, what you notice and what you remember is the staff of Gerard, the weapon of the former guildmaster, is not his. It was Vogthir's staff to begin with, and it is now firmly in the possession of the Golgari Paru. Lorzach, edging to the head of the party, seeing the man, the thing, responsible for the creation of his guild, scarcely believing the sight before him, calls out, Svogthir! At that terrifyingly slow pace, the lich cranes himself around to stare down at the audacity of your adventuring party and seemingly floats to the edge of his outcrop. And with hundreds of burning questions in his mind, Lorzach finds himself completely at a loss, faced with an immortal necromancer who has survived over 10,000 years. One half-formed question pushes to the front of his mind and spills forth into the air between them. Why? What do you think Merit Lage will give you? Ten thousand years of ash ooze out of his throat as this terrifying reality of what may actually be at play mistily drifts down into your ears. She will give nothing as if I would be a slave. And then with killing intent, unlike anything you've experienced on this harrowing journey, you hear what feels like the most purest definition and understanding of the command. Roll initiative. First up in turn order actually is Vogthir. Traps. As his death wail leeches out onto the floor at a range of 150 feet in a 60-foot radius, this circle of death just spills up from the cracks. Everyone, please make a constitution saving throw. What's the range? How far is he away? It's about 60 feet. Great. Perix will throw counter spell. What level spell? Seven. Copy. I'm casting it with a fourth level spell slot, by the way. I got a 16. Yes. So it's a 24. Yes. So the spell does not go off. All right. You dodge a spell. Thank you, Perix. Nice. Perix goes... Oh, I don't have a lot of those. (laughs) (laughs) But it felt like the first turn, that would be great. All right. I was going to be really nice about this. I I, I was going to be nice about this. Cool. No, you weren't. Don't lie to us. I was. 
You're gonna counterspell my circle of death. Yeah. Circle of death is good. That's a Here good we go. Spell. Here we go. Perix, you're up. Perix runs to his left to try and create space from the party given the AoE effects of the Lich. And will summon this gross, ugly, greenish hue as he throws a sickening radiance onto the platform at which the Lich and the zombies stand. Will they all please make constitution saving throws? Svothgear, with his magic resistance, has advantage on saving throws against spells and magical effects. That tracks. Rolls a 28. He is fine. The zombies fail, fail, success. The two zombies who failed will take 24 points of radiant damage, and if they're still up, suffer a level of exhaustion. They're also emitting a green light, but it seems unlikely the zombies are going uh, invisible. <laughs> and that is now a, a 30 radius circle pointed as far back as I could. After you cast your spell, Zvogthir points a dead finger at you and casts a cantrip of chill touch. Sure. But it will miss. Woohoo! The dead hand comes at him and Perix, honestly thinking that Lich dead hand is the scariest thing possible, does like a matrix spin and <laughs> screams a little. Lorzach. Lorzach reaches out a trembling hand, scarcely believing what he's about to do and a wall of fire erupts in a 60-foot line, engulfing every zombie, and with its business end crackling at the founder of his guild. And they all need to make a dexterity saving throw. Svogthir will choose to succeed. Mm. I think yes. Zombie 1, natural 20. Zombie 2, a dirty 20. Zombie three and 18. They will all take 10 fire damage. As a bonus action, Lorzach empowers the Staff of Withering in his hand. Saloran. An eerie calm comes over Saloran as he realizes that this Devkarin elf helped him redeem the honor of his entire guild. And it's only fair that he does the same to help Lorzach. He touches Lorzach's shoulder and says, It has been a great honor, my friend, and casts Shield of Faith on Lorzach as a bonus action, and then dashes towards Svogthir. That is my turn. Fakara. Having clicked her boots before the combat began, and full of the pride of the Boros, and the pride of her friends and just the camaraderie that she knows is available to her throughout the entirety of Ravnica, she dashes into the fray with the zombies. Seeing the multiple spells in front of her, she'll stop right before them and just yell at Svogthir, you will not take this realm for your own. Seeing you come running up the stairs, Svogthir takes the opportunity to throw an icy hand at you. A 20. That'll hit. Gara, you will take eight necrotic damage. Okie dokie. And then the three zombies descend upon you. They will all make? Yes, they will. Natural 20, 17, 16. 
So the the natural 20 succeeds and is fine. The two who failed will take 31 points of radiant damage and will each suffer a level of exhaustion. The one in the middle is gone. The second one completes its movement and both strike at Figara. As they pass through the wall of fire, yep. will they please make a dexterity saving throw? A 14 and a 9. They each take 21 points of fire damage. Strikes. Zombie number 1 rolls a 5. Zombie number 2 rolls a natural 20. Bakara, you will take an additional 6 slashing damage. Xenia. Xenia never imagined she'd encounter a lich in her wildest dreams, and they get pretty wild. She is very, very afraid, so she falls back on an old favorite. She rubs her scared, fearful hands on her pants to create static electricity and casts the resulting lightning bolt at the horrifying lich. Please make a dexterity saving throw. 20. Dirty. You make it. And you'll take 12 points worth of lightning damage. Where the Ghost Council fight was tense, I feel like we're all resigned. <laughs> like, we all have resigned ourselves to the horror of this situation. <laughs> at the end of your turn, he will take an opportunity to throw a chill touch at you. A 29 to hit. Yep, that'll hit. You will take the minimum four damage. That's all you got? <laughs> oh, no. I realized that was stupid. That's what she would say. Oh, yeah. I mean, As the clouds true. billow overhead and a storm brews and the rain begins to descend upon your future, Zvogthir does not take very kindly to that attitude and he simply raises a long finger to the Izzet scientist and demands that she make a constitution saving throw. Xenia will use Tides of Chaos to roll again. She super fails. A razor-thin streak of black light flickers before your face for just an instant, and then immediately you feel negative energy course through your entire body, seizing you completely. You will take 67 necrotic damage. Wow. There it is. Okay. And because you use Tides of Chaos, roll a d100. He's got a heck of an ego to bruise. Yeah, he sure does. 52. Surprisingly, your near-death experience seems to bolster something inside of you, and a spectral shield hovers over you for the next minute, granting you plus two to your AC and immunity to magic missile. <gasps> Fuck you, Landry Fleming. <laughs> I deserve that. He will then move... And as he passes through the fire, mm-hmm. will he make a dexterity saving throw? 
And as he starts in a sickening radiance, will he make a constitution saving throw? The first one is a 26. Sure. The second one is a 27. Uh, he is fine from anything that might happen with, you know, constitution. And he will take 12 fire damage. He waits behind his minions. Parrots. Well, that movement caused him to move into a very advantageous position for me, so Perix will not move as intended, but instead will allow this lightning crackling energy to grow up through him, and he, just like Xenia, launches a bolt of lightning straight through the zombie on the left and the lich. Will they both please make dexterity saving throws? Zombie fails. Zvogthir chooses to succeed. Two of them. I don't know how many he has, but it's two of them. Mm -hmm. oh, that's a whole lot of lower than three. The zombie who failed will receive 27 points of lightning damage. The lich will receive 13 as lightning energy arcs out and just past Fakara to nail the zombie in the face. I almost said immolate, but I don't know if he's gone. It is. Oh, to immolate the zombie in front. <laughs> The lightning bolt breaks Perix's concentration and the sickening radiance field releases. The remaining zombie regains its levels of exhaustion back to normal. Lord Zatch. Lord Zatch maintains his concentration on the wall of fire, reaches out with an empty hand and casts a chill touch at the remaining zombie servitor. For a 20 to hit. It hits. The zombie takes two necrotic damage. You very quickly get the impression that for a being sat in patience for 10,000 years, exhaustion is not a concept he understands. Yeah, sure. At the end of your turn, Lorzach, he will take an opportunity to throw a chill touch at you. It will miss. Saloran. Saloran repositions himself behind Fakara. And because they are just a little out of reach, he will reach for his hand axe and try to toss it at the zombie in front of Fakara. Does a 23 hit? Yes. 12 slashing damage. Your tomahawk whistles through the air, taking the zombie's head with it as it crumples to the ground. Ugh. Hell yes, yeah, Saloran. At the end of your turn, with the zombie out of the way, Zvogthir will take the opportunity to cast Chill Touch for a 29 to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. You will take five necrotic damage. Fakara or Drew, as you have begun your turn within 10 feet of my spores, no saving throw allowed, you will take 19 poison damage. Oh? As my spores hit a little bit harder. Weird flex, but okay. You may now take your turn. Fakara will move up five feet and take everything she's got and try to hit this gross lich three times with her maces. 18, 18, and 27. All three hit. 31 bludgeoning damage. Fuck yeah. 
Zvogthir is an ancient creature, long since given off any of the effects of pain. You're welcome to wail away as hard as you want. At the end of your turn, he will use a legendary action to simply grab the wrist that you just struck him with for a natural 20. You will take 31 poison damage. And would you please make a constitution saving throw? 30. The target is 20. You have avoided poison. And I'm sorry you said that was 31? Yes. The zombies are no longer in turn order. Xenia, you are up. Zenia is absolutely furious with herself that she let her smart-ass mouth almost kill her, although she did anticipate that that might be the way she went. Um, and at the very least, she's pissed that she has to spend a turn on healing herself. And she very angrily grabs her arms and casts False Life on herself for 26 points of healing. Top of the order. Svogthir. The ancient Devkarin will raise his staff on high and bring it down hard, striking Fikara or Drun. The attack roll is a 31. Ooh! That'll hit. You will take nine bludgeoning damage. Three poison damage. What? Five necrotic damage. Oh, for fuck's sake. Then, you can see from beneath the folds of his rotted robe, a pair of angel wings bloom out as he flies down next to Lorzach. As he passes through the flaming wall. David? Double one. Hmm. It will take 25 fire damage. And as he enters Lorzatch's space, will he please make a constitution saving throw? 22. He saves. Wow, I am like physically ill right now. It's really tense. (laughs) And as he lands, terrifyingly, you learn that after 10,000 years on the plain of Ravnica, Svogthir has developed the prowess to attack and cast spells in the same turn. He will reach out an undead hand to Lorzach. Natural 20. The actual number rolled is a 32. Lorzach, the long dead hand of Zvogthir reaches out and grabs you straight by the throat, dealing 11 points of necrotic damage, siphoning some of your life force back into himself. Perix. Perix turns and faces Zvogthir and steps back one more space to just create a little bit of distance and starts to imagine what it could possibly be like to be 10,000 or more years old and thinks... 
that is a mind I could get inside, and casts Mind Spike at the third level onto Svogthir, who must now make a wisdom saving throw. 16. Svogthir will take 25 points of psychic damage and is now connected to me. And while we are on the same plane of existence, I will always know where he is. He seems rather okay with that. As you tether yourself to this ancient Perun, the backlash is immediate as he decides... Your life is empty. Xenia, Lorzach, and Perix, please make a constitution saving throw. I thought you had said 10 feet. I got really excited by backing up. Oof. 19. 7. The target is 20. You will take 17 necrotic damage. Okay. As you feel your entire existence hiccup for just a minute. Lorzach. Lorzach in desperation, feeling the icy touch of something 10 millennia old and its dispassionate lust for his own demise, reaches an empty hand to the sky and pulls down a searing shaft of light upon the figure of his guild founder. And will he please make a constitution saving throw? He chooses to succeed. And he will take 15 radiant damage. As a bonus action, Lorzach is going to heal himself by casting Healing Word. And he will regain 14 hit points. Hey! Saloran. Saloran curses, remembering the limbs that were harvested from the Rakdos contracts. He should have known better, and he dashes to assist his friends. He gets to within 10 feet of Xenia. Saloran then wills a spiritual weapon into existence behind Svogthir and forces it to smash into the Perun of the Golgari. But it misses with a 12. That is my turn. His neck just sort of twists ever so slightly. Fikara. I got, I, I got, I got, I got words. I got words. <laughs> I got lots of words. <laughs> Sorry. A whole dictionary. A whole dictionary of words. Those wings are not yours, you thief! And that is going to be a 22 for Guiding Bolt. Hit. That'll be 8 radiant damage. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And as a bonus action, I will take a Second Wind to gain some hit points back and I will also move to right behind actually right next to Saloran. Xenia. Xenia moves to get further away from the Lich and she passes by her friends. On the way she spends two sorcery points to cast a quickened spell to regain some hit points and cast false life on herself again. For 21 healing points, she then looks over her shoulder and shoots Ray of Frost at the Lich. 14. 
does not hit. Has advantage because she cast it at the Lich from her attack. You have uh, another d20 to roll. Oh, amazing. For a 21. Yes. Does hit. For seven points of cold damage. Top of the order. Zvogthir cranes his neck again slightly as he feels the effect of counterspores in his body. And the moonbeam. And the moonbeam. He will suffer from the spores. He will defend against the moonbeam. He takes five necrotic damage. Yeah. Maybe. And he takes five radiant damage from the moonbeam. Then, as if he was floating, he keeps one outstretched hand tethered to Lorzach as he moves 15 feet towards the melee fighters. Lorzach, he will continue his vampiric drain by rolling a 29. To hit? Yep. You will take 11 points of poison damage as he siphons more energy from you. Then, with that same hand, he will twist it into a necrotic fist. And that will miss. A little overzealous on that ability. But as a bonus action, as he breathes in some of your spores, he decides to give you a taste of his. And you will take 11 poison damage as white fungal spores infest your system. Perix. Perix does not like seeing white fungal spores growing into his compatriot, and he summons a small round orb of boiling, burning water and launches chromatic orb at the lich. 17 to hit? Hits. For 20 points of fire damage. And that's it. I don't know why I said it like there was more coming. The end of your turn. Zvogthir has decided that life in this realm is forfeit. Everyone except for Perix, please make a constitution saving throw. Counterspell. Not, can't counter legendary actions. Copy. You get plus five. <laughs> 24! 31. 21. 12. The target is 20. For those of you who failed, you will take 49 necrotic damage. Half if you succeed, which will be reduced to 24. I'm down. Shit. I am exempt from that damage. Somehow. You piece of shit. Sorry, that was uncalled for. Lorzach also collapses. Saloran, seeing Lorzach drop, feels this energy emanating from his chest, and the charm that his children made him disappears as it brings Lorzach to one HP. Mm. Preserving your place in initiative order. Wow. Get it, Orzov children. Next up, Lorzach. Really, really clutch move. You drop to one instead 
of zero. So anything that you had that was currently active remains active. The Orzov charm prevents the act of going unconscious. Lorzach is going to roll to maintain concentration. And he succeeds. As an action, he shifts the moonbeam back on his fog fear. As a bonus action, Lorzach is going to clutch a hand to his chest and heal himself for as much as he possibly can. For 15 HP. Silorin. Feeling the energy of the charm leave his body reminds him of the weight of this battle. Before they fought the Ovzadat, it was for the sake of the Orzov guild. Now it's the entire plane of existence that is Ravnica. He charges Svogthir and strikes with his morning star. With a 25 to hit. Hits. He uses a third level spell slot to divine smite him. That is nine piercing damage and 29 radiant damage. Thinking of his last words to his children, he will also remember his lineage and his place with honor and strikes again. That is a 16, but he will channel divinity to make it a 26. He will strike again with a third level spell slot with smite. 13 piercing, 32 radiant damage. He will force the spiritual weapon to come closer to Svogthir and strike from behind. That is 11 to hit. Miss? And that will be my turn. Your Tesakarlov-shaped spiritual weapon has failed you. The ancient lich, assaulted on all sides by our heroes, begins to ooze whatever possibly left could be excused as blood. As a confident scowl turns into an evil grimace. Fikara, would you please make a death saving throw? 13? You have one save. Hell yeah. Nice. Like you, Dice. Thank you. Xenia, you are up. Xenia runs to her compatriot, Fakara and grabs her potion of greater healing off of it and pours it down her throat for 18 points of healing. She then burns two sorcery points to cast a quicken spell of false life on her to regain some of her hit points because this guy is hitting her hard. For 20 points of healing. At the top of the round, Zvogthir will roll a 19 to save against the spores and a natural 20 to save against the moonbeam. And he will take 12 radiant damage. And then his undead jaw will unhinge and drop a full 12 inches is a terrifying warning of as a dark yellow sulfuric cloud oozes out of his undead chest stretching in a 20 foot radius from his central point counterspell what level spell is it? fifth 15. Oh, 
plus six. A 21. Keep not adding my spellcasting modifier. Svogthir's entire neck will crane around like an owl to stare at you, Perix. And he will take any attack of opportunity necessary to fly over to you. Which is exactly what Perix was trying to do. Lorzach and Saloran. And the spiritual weapon doesn't get... Doesn't get attacks of opportunity. It doesn't have a reaction. 26. Max damage. 14 piercing. As he descends from the rain-littered sky, he brings down his ancient staff upon the Vidalkin wizard for a 22 to hit. It will indeed hit. You will take 12 bludgeoning damage, 17 poison damage, and 18 necrotic damage. Oh, God. Perix coughs this ugly, dark, blue, bloody substance and then straightens his spine and looks straight into the eyes of the lich, still standing. And then, as a bonus action, you can feel thousands of follicles of white fuzz begin to clog your gills for 18 poison damage as he demands that you Perix feels the oxygen not entering his body and he struggles to breathe as he tries to maintain focus on this lich but as his eyes roll back in his head and he slowly crumples his mind spike connection also releases Next up in turn order is Perix. Please make a death saving throw. Fail. <gasps> With a six. Lorzatch. Lorzatch, as a bonus action, snaps out an empty hand and heals Perix for 10 HP. Thank you. He then, as an action, shifts the searing shaft of moonlight back over the dread form of the founder of his own guild. And will he please make a constitution saving throw? Fifteen. Svogthir takes 34 radiant damage. Ooh. Yes. Now it's hidden like it's supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As soon as Paris isn't looking, he's actually like the jinx. As the moonbeam descends upon him, he wastes no opportunity to counter with a chill touch. A 22 to hit. Yep. You will take eight necrotic damage. <sighs> Lorzatch rolls to maintain concentration, and he fails. The moonbeam dissipates. And Svogthir takes half a second to catch his undead, empty breath as he looks daggers at Lorsatch for daring to suggest that he could possibly hold himself on par with the most powerful Golgari to ever have walked Ravnica. Next up, Soloran. Fakara had gone down. Lorsatch had almost fallen, and now Perex is down. Cold Focus takes over Saloran's mind as he charges Svogthir and strikes. 
Does a 27 hit? Yeah. He's going to burn a second level spell slot to smite him. 11 piercing damage. 31 radiant damage. Two eights, a seven, and a six. He strikes again with his morning star. A 21 to hit. Yeah. He will burn another second level spell slot to smite the Perun of the Golgari Swarm. Seven piercing damage. Four, five, seven, fifteen radiant damage. Siloran will then force the spiritual weapon over and take another swing at Sfogthir. Nat 20. Oh! Yes! <laughs> Bring it home. So that is 12. 17 force damage. Yes! And Siloran says, Face me. That's my turn. And perhaps for the first time in 10,000 years, Svogthir, ancient Perun of the Golgari, expresses fear. And his wings sprout. And he flees up to the outcrop of Vitugazi. I will let you make an attack as he tries to fly from your daring challenge. Eleven. You miss as he flees to try and continue his spell, siphoning the energy out of Matsalesnia. And as you all turn to engage, to chase him back up to his spot, you find a metal railing has blocked your path, and you find yourself hundreds of feet in the air as spontaneously a tower appears around you and time slows for you as that could be the only way for your brains to process what is about to happen. As you see to the side of the crumpling lich, Malthus Reed appear and place a hand on his co-conspirator. Perception checks. Nat 20. 16. 20. 20. Unfortunately, Siloran, you cannot hear this, but for the rest of you, Xenia in particular, you hear the is it master researcher seethingly declare 10,000 years. Pathetic. And he teleports Svogthir into Vitugazi. And as you see a crack ripple up the world tree, you feel a warmth of light wash over you for just a fraction of a second as you are gone. And you manage to catch perhaps a minor glimpse of the frail, unconscious, crumpled form of a goblin in the corner, as one by one, you blink out of each other's view.
the next Encounter Party. The battle in Precinct 3 has left a bitter aftertaste. With Spogdir gone and our players teleported away, was it a victory or defeat? We truly have no idea what's in store next time on Encounter Party! Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media, based on the worlds of Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering, created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malones. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan and Katie Brow. Theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Serge Narcissoff and Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malones. Hey, party people, this is Ned Donovan, the player of Perix. If you're enjoying Encounter Party, please do us a favor and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell your friends to do the same. Also, ratings and reviews go a long way towards helping us find new audience members and keeping our party going. You can also join us in our Facebook discussion group, The Encounter Party, or on our Twitter and Instagram profiles at Encounter underscore party to keep the party going and to interact with cast members like myself and the rest of the crew. To find news and updates about the show and learn more, visit us at EncounterParty.com. Thanks, y'all.